0: Hey everybody, Katie here, and welcome back. Apologies for the background noise. Um, I am currently at home, quarantined with my two children and my husband and my dog and my two cats because Omicron is making its way through our house. Uh, Before you get all worried, everyone is fine. It's mild symptoms so far, so that is great. Um, And apologies that I have been missing for a while, but I do have a really great episode for you today. And, um, I'm going to hope to get back into a regular schedule sometime soon. So yeah, thanks for coming back. Thanks for joining me. And a quick note that today's episode was recorded before all of this happened. So at some point in the episode, I'll make a reference to having to pick up Libby from childcare because she got sick. Uh, that's not what's happening right now. It's a different time. This was recorded in early November. It is currently mid January. Um, life. It happened. (laughs) okay welcome back let's get started uh here we go hi i'm katie miller and you're listening to cold brew salute a podcast where we celebrate and highlight the ridiculousness and realness of parenthood all with a healthy dose of humor on each episode i'll sit down with a parent or two and we'll talk about their experiences in parenting i'll also give them the opportunity to salute someone else and themselves anything goes from the incredible to the ordinary so grab your favorite caffeinated beverage and maybe a pair of headphones because there might be some adult language and let's get started this is cold brew salute hello hello friends and welcome back this is katie i am so excited to introduce you to our guest today corey crockett corey is one of my oldest friends We've known each other, I think, since we were about 11 or 12, however old sixth grade is. So we've been friends a really long time. And Corey describes himself as a husband, father, New Englander, and pun enthusiast, just clumsily navigating life while raising a family during a pandemic, making a career change and laughing as much as he can along the way, which is probably why we've been friends forever, because we've always had that in common. So welcome, Corey.
1: Hello. Happy to be here.
0: So why don't we start off with you just telling us a little bit about you and what do you want us to know about you as a human being?
1: Oh, boy. Um, well, I grew up in Vermont, uh, which is where I met you mm-hmm. in 1998.
0: Oh, you did the math. I was I was trying to figure out how how old I was and it's whatever sixth grade was right?
1: Yeah, yeah. right. I, I would just turn 12 that fall or would turn 12 that fall. So yeah. Uh, grew up in a small town in Vermont. Um, grew up loving skiing and the outdoors, went to college, got into video, did that for a while, bought a house, started a family, changed careers. And now I'm living in New Hampshire with two kids, a wife, two cats and a dog.
0: What are um, your pet's names? I always like to I know other people like to know, too.
1: Yeah. Uh, My dog's name is Truman. Mm -hmm. and We have two cats, Izzy and Luna.
0: So I want to talk a little bit about you recently became a parent of two kids, right?
1: Like four weeks ago. (laughs) Yeah,
0: like very recently. And how has that change been for you and your family?
1: I have to say, I think that I had way more anxiety leading up to it. Um, the second time around for me was a lot uh, scarier for some reason. I think the first time with uh, my mm. wife being pregnant, it just, I was oblivious to what can and does go wrong and the scary things that can happen. And I just was, you know, ignorance was bliss. So the second time around, I just felt really worried and there was nothing that I could do about it. Cause you know, the, the die had been cast as they say. So after she was like right up until the moment she was born i was a nervous wreck and then afterward everything i was like oh i remember this you know it just it just falls into place Mm -hmm. um you know obviously in the first several weeks there's not a lot of sleep or anything so we're all still adjusting to that but it's been awesome watching my son you know be so interested and caring toward toward his uh, little sister now
0: yeah and what's what's their age split
1: um so he'll be four He's three and a half-ish. Yeah. I don't want to do the exact math.
0: Right, yeah. We found our age split was a little bit less than that, but the the bigger age gap was great because there was just enough difference where the older one, you could at least a little bit reason with them, or they could have a little bit of patience if you need them to wait. Or um, <clears throat> with our older daughter, Maggie, we it was a lot of like, hey, kiddo, can you be big helper and go get me that diaper or whatever like that was that was helpful I just I hear about people who have two under two years old or two under one years old if you really push it it just like it makes me so anxious I don't know how people do it
1: yeah and even uh, I couldn't imagine having twins I know people Mm -hmm. do it but just and again going back to the ignorance is bliss i hadn't even considered the possibility that we could have had twins until after our son was born and it was just like <laughs> <sighs> so i don't know how people do it but they do it
0: we uh, when we got pregnant with maggie we had to do some fertility treatments well not really treatments medications that increase the possibility of twins by a lot and i just remember us having this conversation of like i don't know if we can handle that <laughs> like and then i totally ignorantly I said I can remember saying something like well I mean two it can't be that much harder right you're already doing it for one and now that I've gone through it with one I'm just like no way I see people with twins and I just think that they are amazing and like way stronger than I am (laughs) I don't know but I guess you know if it happens you just sort of step up to the to the plate that anxiety with the second one though it's interesting because I think you know I say this a lot that I don't like to speak for him but my husband before we had Libby our second was so anxious for like labor delivery birth the whole process uh, because we've done it before and the first time some things did go wrong and it was like I think it's, it was hard for him to to like watch me go through it and then have to heal from it. Like it's hard to watch the person I've never done it, but I can imagine it's hard to watch the person you love, like heal from something like that. And I can remember him saying something similar. And I, I just was like, I don't know. It's my body's the one changing. So like, I don't, I'm in it and it's less, um, I felt less anxious for sure. But it's, I can remember leaving with the second one from the hospital. I don't know if you felt this way, but I felt far less anxious leaving for sure because I had at least changed a diaper before.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I I think the anxiety, at least, you know, can't speak for your husband, but from the standpoint of being the father is that it isn't my body. And so there is only so much I can actually do. Right. So it's just it, I've never felt more helpless, you know, right. than when she went into labor the first time. So it just yeah, right the unknown and there's really only you just stand there be as supportive as possible
0: (laughs) meanwhile your spouse is like (laughs) oh this is the best and the worst all at the same time um and I can remember when we left with Maggie in particular we were like is there like a test we need to take or is someone gonna like make sure we know what we're doing they gave us a lot of handouts that I don't know that we ever read but we left with a stack of paper that was like two inches thick, and I—when am I going to actually have time to read that? Never. Right. But I—I I can just remember asking the nurse, like, D- "Are you going to make sure we know what we're doing?" She's like, "Ah, oh, you've got it. You watched me change a diaper. You changed a couple while we were here. It's fine. You're going to be fine." I was like, "I don't. I'm not. This is not going to be fine." She's—she's <laughs> she's still around four years later, so we must have done something
1: right. Congratulations. <laughs>
0: questions I like to ask people you know you talked about the things you were interested in you were when you were younger but what as as a person are you passionate about or interested in and how do you think that impacts your parenting
1: okay this question is a good one but it's a tricky question for me I have a hard time identifying with people who have like these really big passions Mm -hmm. like whether it be the hot button issues, religion, politics, or even music. Um, I just, I, I have big feelings, but I, I, I can't think of a single thing I've ever wanted to hold up a sign, you know, in support of. Right. (laughs) So when it comes to being passionate, um, I have the, the things that I've been interested in, but they've evolved over time you know for the longest time skiing was my entire life it was like my whole identity and now i'm lucky if i go a few times a year and i still (laughs) really enjoy it but it just it's such a smaller part of who i am um so all that being said i think the one through line uh that hasn't really changed as long back as i can remember through today i'm passionate about humor and laughing and being silly and funny um so how how has that impacted my parenting? Um, I love letting them be silly. Well, the littlest one's only a month old, so she doesn't really know what she's doing. Yet. But um, I love teasing and joking with uh, my son and playing with him and watching him figure out what he what I respond to as being funny mm-hmm. and him leaning into it. And um, it's just it's just it's a blast.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. I think I said in the intro that I think that's something we've always had in common is that we like to laugh and we like, we both like to make other people laugh too. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, that has been one of the biggest joys of having children is figuring out, you know, what is their sense of humor like and really playing into that and it watching it sort of bloom in their own personalities. And now that our youngest is just over one and a half, like she has her own sort of, sense of humor that's coming out too and I think my favorite thing in the world is when the two of them are laughing it's just like yeah. it is the best it
1: is
0: and um now they're old enough where they're making each other laugh too and that is just like I don't know it's the best <laughs> um what do you love about parenthood or like at least <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, it's one of those things it's, it's hard to put into words. I'm sure as, as you know, it's, that's such a big, sometimes overwhelming, uh, feeling of responsibility and, and whatnot. But I think it's, it's helped to make me, uh, take myself less seriously. Not that I have ever, ever taken myself super seriously, <laughs> but, uh, it's very humbling. <laughs> I will say when you, when you lose an argument with a toddler uh-huh. or it, just the, <laughs> The everyday struggles of the of being a parent um so i've you know it's not always been fun or easy but i i've enjoyed uh growing in that in that capacity since since becoming a father
0: yeah i think um, i was just thinking about like arguments i've won or lost with my now preschooler and she She's learning the hard lesson right now. I don't know if yours is there yet. Where like you can ask for what you want nicely and the answer doesn't change. But she just started doing the thing where she asks the other parent the same question. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, girlfriend, no. Like you realize your defo- his default is that he's going to be like, what did mom say? <laughs> you know, like you may not have a third popsicle today or whatever it is. And um, it's like, there are other times, though, where, like, I can't, I can't, like, not reason with her logic. You know, like, sometimes she she makes a point where I'm like, well, you're not wrong, I guess. <laughs> 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 Fine. <laughs> it's yeah. Not usually about the popsicles, but,
1: yeah. Right. Watching my son sort of figure things out, it's always interesting because I forget that he only has what he's thinking about in that moment. Whereas you and I might have a thousand different things going through our head throughout the day. Right. And so watching him figure things out, you know, please, we come to the magic word. If I say, please, I get this automatically. The first time you throw a wrench into that, it's just like, it's like his whole world shifts. And then like you said, uh, asking the other parent, um, I wouldn't say he's lying on purpose, but he'll come up to me and I'll say, well, did mommy say yes? If he goes, yeah. And it's like, he didn't even ask her. He just, he's just asking <laughs> if he wants to get it. And he knows if she said yes, then it's perfectly okay. So
0: Right. He's just bypassing the system. Right. <laughs> the other thing we've done now is like, sometimes I give up, like the, th- the fights I can give up, I just do. Because like I was thinking about the other day, it was probably about somewhere between 45 and 50. And we were playing outside after I got the girls home from school. And Maggie decided we, I was filling up a bird feeder, right? And she decided that she wanted to take some of the bird seed and put it in her hand and sit there until a bird came into her hand. My guess is she got it from a movie. I don't know. And I was like, girlfriend, like, I don't know if that's going to happen for you, but you can go for it. She somewhere in the process decided that in order for her to do this, she needed to look like a bird, which means she needed to remove her coat and her shoes and her socks. So she's sitting in the backyard. It's like 45 in a t-shirt and leggings, no socks, no coat, no hat. And I'm just like, I, I was trying to fight with her to get it back on. And finally I was like, you know what? When you're cold, just let me know. And I just like gave it up. And I think that's a huge part of it. It's like, I don't know, not to use a cliche term, but choosing your battles, <laughs> like, which parts are worth fighting.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. And it, it, it's been fun watching my wife and i because we'll we'll catch each other sometimes you'll be so caught up in that moment where you don't want to lose the battle and you just have to say hey there's nothing to be gained here (laughs) like they're not going to learn a lesson the more you fight back this is one we just have to let go right Right.
0: yeah well that i i don't know about you but for that that's like a lifelong lesson for us it's like as parents is you don't always need to be right or win I don't know I don't love slamming the generation that came before us with parents because I'm a firm believer that we're all just like doing the best with the information we have but I think that that is like a little bit of a generational shift in parenting is giving a little bit of that a little bit more of that slack where we can I don't know, I can just remember like my grandparents especially were like they are right 100% of the time because they are your grandparents and that's it right like respect your elders sort of thing and we're trying to toe this line of
1: Hmm.
0: Not like my husband and I specifically, but I've just noticed a lot of my friends that are, are around our age with kids are trying to toe the line of like how to get respect from your children and teach them that they need to respect adults while also being able to advocate for their own wants and needs. And that if if anybody knows how to do that, please let me know because I'm <laughs> still figuring well, it, it out. Interesting,
1: Because every generation you, you want to do better than than your parents did, right? You're gonna make mistakes, uh-huh. but you hopefully could learn from some of the mistakes that they made and forgive them and all that. But right. I think, you know, previous generations always needing to be right probably just goes way back when this the stakes were so much higher. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think about trying to raise a toddler in a seventeen hundreds farmhouse where they're just like death is around <laughs> every corner, you know? And so it's really right. important to listen to me in this moment, you know. Now today it's You know, if you don't listen to me, you don't get screen time. It's a little bit different.
0: Right. Or like crossing the Oregon Trail or like the Middle Ages or something. Like, yes, that is important to always listen to the adults. So we've talked about this a little bit, but what challenges you around being a parent?
1: Uh, I'm just checking myself (laughs) as much as I can. Um, Like, I, I really tend to get lost in my own in my own little world. And sometimes I'm not as present as I should be. And so kids just have a way of snapping you right out of that. Um, So that's been one of the bigger challenges. Um, I had the very fortunate and slash unfortunate circumstance where I was a stay at home parent for a little over a year um, from about 18 months to two and a half or so. Um, Wow. That was one of the most challenging and rewarding uh, moments in my life. It just happened, you know, we were very fortunate that I was able to do that. um, But I just learned quickly, wow, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And so yeah, just learning what my strengths are as a parent, um, you can only do that just trial by fire. So it's been, there have been a lot of wins and a lot of losses.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I had a similar experience during the pandemic where, you know, I was working from home, but I found myself at home with both of my kids without childcare or school or any of that when everything shut down. And I was like, I don't think I'm cut out for this. You know, I had a whole new level of respect for stay at home parents. It's like,
1: it is no joke. No, it takes just like a level of of patience, you know, that I (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, quite developed at that point in my life.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, talk about, you know, being in your own little world, you're sort of in your house or in your own little bubble, whatever that is, with the same tiny person or tiny people all day, every day. I I got to the point where I was like, I just need to like, I don't even need to speak to another adult. I just need to see another adult in, <laughs> within the next 12 hours. Yeah. You you said something about your strength as a parent, and I'm wondering what you think some of those are.
1: Yeah. Oh. I don't know what my strengths as a parent are i think i think i'm pretty good at letting my son figure things out on his own just by dropping little breadcrumbs um i know some people are quick to just present the answer to something Mm -hmm. and I like to ask enough leading questions that he can figure it out on his own Mm -hmm. which is really fun and also really frustrating sometimes because sometimes he'll be like right there just about to figure it out and he'll just be like can we go color and you're like oh it was so close (laughs) Um, but we're getting better at that yeah
0: we uh that's that's not easy we were just talking about this the other day where I forgot what she was trying to do Maggie was trying to like take stuff like a specific blanket off of her bed without taking off the stuff on top of it so she was trying to puzzle through how to do all that but she didn't want to like pick it up and put stuff on the floor and then take the blanket off and put it all back it like needed to stay almost like if you were going to whip a a tablecloth out from underneath dishes or something (laughs) but much slower (laughs) and so it's like fighting that urge right to jump in and solve the problem for them and not give them a chance to solve it is so hard so hard yeah I don't I can't figure out how to do that like it takes I have to like physically restrain myself (laughs) I am I think I'm much better at it if I'm being totally vulnerable and like honest I think I'm much better at it with the younger one and it's Mm. harder for me with Maggie because she is legally blind and doesn't see the same as other people and because she's you know has other disabilities I'm just like you know if I'm being honest I probably coddle her a little bit because I'm like I don't want her to get physically hurt because she can't see where she's going. Okay. So what are some of the funniest things that have happened to you while parenting? Or do you have any like funny parenting stories you want to share?
1: Um, I I have two and only one involves poop. So.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ah, I get to do another poop warning.
1: (laughs) Um, so when when my youngest was I, I I don't know how old because we were so sleep deprived. So in the very very beginning stages, <laughs> when, when the poop is that seedy, um, like consistency. Oh <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Back when you're still, I don't know if you guys did this when you're like still tracking how many times a day oh, on, the, yeah. on the consistency and all that for
1: the doctor. <laughs> oh yeah, we, we had an app that we would share back and forth. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah, we actually, we recorded it on paper with Maggie because it was before we were aware of the app thing. And we found it when we, I forgot when we found it. It was recently. Like, I think it was when, right around when we had Libby. So like a year or so ago, because it was in a box of stuff. And the notes on it just like cracked me up because it was like (laughs) the time of day, the consistency. And then like, what, like a bunch of it, like, were steve's notes and he was clearly trying to crack me up someday in the future i don't know why we saved it It was probably a mistake but there was one that was like holy mother of god (laughs) or just like another one was just said everywhere just everywhere or another one was like required a bath (laughs) i was like you know what thank you thank you husband for playing the long game on that humor because at the time i'm sure i did not find it funny anyway sorry go ahead with your your poop tracking story oh (laughs)
1: Yeah. Again, I I don't remember all the details, but the, what happened was uh, my wife and I were sitting up on the, on the couches and it's like an Mm -hmm. L shape. So we're sort of facing each other and I've got him on my lap and it's probably the middle of the night and we have no, our bodies don't know what day or time it is. And we're just having a nice pleasant moment. And she said something snarky. And so I pulled the diaper, uh, the, furb cloth out from under him to sort of whip her with it. Oh no. And when I whipped her leg it made such a wet whack oh, sound no. and I didn't realize what had happened.
0: Oh no <laughs> no no he, no.
1: He'd had a complete blowout.
0: Oh god. And I
1: whipped her with a poop towel and it just went everywhere. <laughs> and oh, we, no. thought, we laughed until we couldn't breathe anymore. It was just <laughs> the funniest like of course this happened, you know, sort right. of you know. it's like you're so tired at that point all you can do is laugh like exactly there's nothing you could do it was just (laughs) so funny
0: but it's like before baby you probably would have been like that is the most disgusting thing that's ever happened to me why would you do that and then it's like i'm too tired to care anymore
1: we'll watch (laughs) the healing tomorrow it's fine (laughs) oh
0: god it was that bad
1: (laughs) it just went everywhere yeah oh no and another funny and, and sort of like very proud dad moment um again i like to joke and tease and like you said it's it's funny watching them figure out sort of what they think is funny Mm -hmm. Um, and we were having just a little back and forth where it was right before bedtime and he's bargaining to do anything he can not to go to bed Mm -hmm. and he really wanted this specific car so i asked him where it was and he had left it in his car seat and it's pouring rain outside of course he's like i need you to go get it i was like okay well i don't really want to go get it I'm just throwing a fit I was like fine if I go get it what does daddy get and he goes you might get wet daddy <laughs> and he just caught me so off guard with and then he laughed so he was trying to be funny but just the, the the logic of it and it just caught me so off guard I had for the respect of the joke I had to go outside and get the car and come back in soaking wet <laughs>
0: it's like I, I just love it when little kids don't have a filter and they just say it like it is and They're so matter of fact. I just, I love it. I love it so much. (laughs) It's like kind of reminds me, it's another like wet parent story. But today I came home, I had a, I was at work today and I came home and it was pouring rain here today. Just like pouring, pouring, pouring. And I come inside from the car and I, I don't know why I didn't put my coat on between the car and the house, but I didn't. And so I was wearing this like sweater that was sopping wet. It was like, I was wearing a soaking wet towel and I kneel down and I'm like, Maggie, can I have a hug? And she hugs me and she just holds her arms up and makes this disgusted face. And she was like, ew, you are very wet. <laughs> I, was like, I am. And she was like, you need to dry off. And I was like, okay. And she just looks at me and she goes, immediately. I was like, okay, yes, ma'am. <laughs> I will go dry off immediately. And I came back and she and I. I was like, okay, are you ready for your hug now? And she, she like reaches out and just like gently taps my shoulders and realizes I'm dry. And she goes, yes, much better. Thank you. It's like, I'm so sorry that I might have gotten you damp. You You poor child. So I, I have this like wild belief that Vermonters are just like special people in general. And I think that growing up in a small town or growing up in Vermont in particular has, has impacted how I parent. You know, like my husband and I both chose to come back to Vermont. I think why we landed here was not actually because we necessarily wanted to parent here. It had more to do with his job at the time. But my question for you is, do you think that where you grew up in like a small town or in Vermont re- has, has impacted how you parent, or how you raise your kids?
1: Well, I know it's just impacted who I am. So, I guess in a, I can't think of like a very tangible way mm-hmm. that it's impacted how I am as a parent, other than you know whatever trauma was put into me. I'm trying to do less of. So <laughs> my kids. Um, <laughs> oh, that's, that's a very right. interesting question. Um, I. I guess in a in a less serious sort of way. Um, growing up in Vermont has impacted my parenting just by some of the silly little traditions that people outside of Vermont might not know about, you know. Mm, we, like what? Like teaching my son that, you know, apple pie needs to have cheddar cheese, at least served on the side. You know. Right. The like that, <laughs> that people are outside are like, excuse me, what? Um
0: uh-huh.
1: so yeah, I, I think I think it'll be fun passing those things on and seeing if they if they stick and become something. Uh, in their lives later on when they're adults.
0: Yeah. And some of that, I think having like lived out of Vermont outside of Vermont a few times now um, and coming back, there are so many things I didn't realize that were Vermont specific or at least new England specific, like calling Whatever it is you call long sandwiches, calling that a grinder for whatever reason. When I lived down south, everybody thought that was the most funny thing they'd ever heard in their life. And I was like, I don't know. like, Can we go get grinders? And they were like, what are you talking about? I was like, no, like the, the sub, you know. So I think that living in Vermont, part of what is special is like the amount of untouched nature we have here. And just the the regard for that. And I know you said that you're a skier, even though you don't get to go as much now. Do you think skiing or, you know, being outside is something you'll try to pass on to your kids in any way?
1: That's an excellent point. Yes. Um, Growing up in Vermont, or at least just in a very rural area, it probably took leaving to realize that I had just developed a real appreciation for nature Mm -hmm. and just being outside and that sort of thing. Um, I was very fortunate that when I was little, I spent a lot. time with my grandfather who had a couple hundred acres in of just woods and he would just take me out and we would walk around and he would point things out to me and I didn't realize like you had said you know moving down south the culture is a little bit different when Mm -hmm. I when I moved to Massachusetts for a while um, people who didn't grow up in the woods they just don't know certain things and you don't realize that it's not common knowledge Um, so yes I I do make a point to take my kids outside and I love taking him for hikes. Um, I have had a blast this past year taking him fishing. He's gotten mm. more and more into that. Sometimes he just likes to eat snacks in the boat, but it's okay. you know. <laughs> Isn't like- that half
0: the fun of fishing or at least most of it, in my opinion? <laughs>
1: yeah. Cool. Um, so yeah, just an appreciation for nature. I want to say I was probably six or seven years old and my grandfather woke me up and it's like pitch black outside and he wouldn't tell me where we were going or why. And we hiked out through the woods and we sat down. He wouldn't let me talk. He's like, no, just be quiet. And then a bird, little little bird started to chirp. And then the sun slowly came up and like the woods woke up. And it was just like a very like, whoa, like I didn't realize, you know, how alive it is. Cause when you're walking through and making noise, everything's sort of hiding. Mm-hmm. But when you're just part of it and still you get to see so much. And so that just was a really formative memory. Um, so yeah, I would love to pass that sort of appreciation on Uh, to my kids.
0: Yeah. I can remember that my, my dad and some of his family members that he used to go hunting with talking about, that's part of one of the best parts of hunting is sitting there and being still enough and quiet enough for long enough that the woods sort of accept you as part of it. And then go back about the business of the woods, whatever that is, the animals or
1: whatever. And that's, that's magical yeah i hunted for years i was never successful with harvesting <laughs> deer but i miss i just miss yeah the long hours of you know it's good for your mind and you get to see some pretty cool things mm-hmm. what's the what's one of the coolest things you've ever seen in the woods uh, <laughs> there was one morning you know sat down just sort of just before sunrise and um it had just snowed a, like an inch or so so everything was sort of white and as the sun started to come up, a a fox popped up out of his den, probably, like, 20 feet away from where where I was sitting. And I got to watch him, like, do his morning, like, stretches and, like, look around and wake up. And then he just, like, snapped at me and was like, why is everything covered in snow except for you? (laughs) And then just sort of slowly, like, trotted off. But that was a really cool thing. That's awesome.
0: Okay. So what do you want to salute yourself for?
1: I would like to give myself some credit because it's – the last like two years of my life have been the best and hardest um, and somehow <laughs> I've made it, I'm, I'm doing better than I ever have. Mm-hmm. I managed to get through losing what I thought was my dream job and career because it just was not conducive to a family environment and priorities change after you have kids to being the stay-at-home dad and all the challenges that came home with that and then making this career change and finding, you know, something new that I can do again while still managing to be a dad um it's been really hard and i'm glad that i'm through it and i'm looking forward to the next really hard hard part
0: all right i'm gonna salute myself this week for oh boy okay so anybody who follows me on instagram knows that last week was a little bit of a wild week so in one day i was supposed to take maggie to the office with me after she was done with school because she only goes for a half day we are going to go to my office. She was going to see all the office people she hasn't seen in like a year and a half. She was so excited. On the way there, I get a call from Libby's childcare that she has a fever. When she went to school, she was 100% fine. We're like those people who keep our kids home if they are even remotely sick because we just don't, we don't want to be patient zero, you know, nobody does. So I'm like driving to pick up Maggie and I get a call that Libby has a fever. So we have to go get her. And I'm like, oh, great. But because of COVID, I was, like, really scared. You know, I, like, you never know if that could be it. So I pick her up. They said her fever was 101. I got home and I took it. She couldn't even, I went to take off her coat and her shoes and stuff. And she couldn't even stand up. It was like she was, like, a crawling baby again. And she just sort of went limp. And I was like, oh, my God. So I took her temperature, and it was 104. And we took her to the doctor. They were like, it's just a really high fever. Could be hand, foot, and mouth, could be any of the other number of viruses. They did COVID test, came back negative. That was great. So anyway, that night I've got a sick baby. I've got a grumpy kid who thrives on routine and had like one vision for how the day was gonna go and it didn't go that way and she was feeling disappointed. And I'm in the middle of cooking dinner. And uh if physical injury freaks you out, you might want to skip the next like 60 seconds of this podcast. I quite literally cut off the tip of one of my fingers while I have two children in the house and no one else is home. And when I first did it, I it didn't really hurt at first. I just knew that something was wrong. And I then, and of course, the minute it happened, I'm not kidding, like Libby came up and tugged on my my pants and was like, "Mama poop." And I was like, oh, are you kidding me? And so she had, like, just pooped in her diaper and has really sensitive skin. And, like, I didn't want her to have to sit in it. So I called my husband, who used to be a first responder. um, And, which is great that he's married to me because I'm, like, super accident prone. And I called him and I said, hey, are you on your way home? And he said, uh, why? And he could just tell in the tone of my voice. He was like, what happened? Are you okay? (laughs) I was like, well... Um, if you're not on your way you might want to be because I uh, cut myself but I think I'm going to be fine so he told me what to do and I'm walking around my house for like an hour with my hand wrapped up in a towel managed to change a diaper one handed did all these things went to the ER rude train rude. (laughs) went to the ER came home, nursed a baby to sleep and then just like carried on with my day so anyway (laughs) the trains I tell you I'm going to give him a minute. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway, so that whole story to say, I don't say that to say that, like, I'm a badass or I'm macho or whatever, and I can handle it. Just that like, I think that sometimes as parents, we don't credit our own resiliency or like in the moment able to just like carry on. And um, I don't know. I was proud of myself for handling that with Grace and not totally losing my marbles in that moment i think i slept harder that night than i have in a long time (laughs) because by the time i got home i was and and got the baby to sleep i just crashed afterwards because i was like this was a lot and in the moment i like steve got home and i he was like okay so show me this thing because i was acting totally normal but my hand was like shaking violently and he was i was like why is it doing that he was like well Um, You are missing part of it, so maybe that's why. So anyway, I want to salute myself for uh, handling that with even an ounce of grace, because uh, it was challenging, for
1: sure. (laughs) No, I'm impressed.
0: (laughs) Okay, so give us a a salute for somebody else.
1: I would like to salute uh, my stepfather, Jason. Mm. So, part of growing up for me, a big moment was sort of like when you get a little bit of empathy for your parents as just being people, and so you mm-hmm. can cut them some slack and forgive them for certain things. Uh huh. It wasn't until I became a parent that then you get another level of that appreciation. Yeah. So yeah, after after I became a parent, I developed that second sort of level of empathy um and to realize that you know he came into our lives when i was probably seven or eight and just he didn't have any children of his own and still do, you know tell him we're not his kids no <laughs> he'll Doesn't have any of his own biological children um and so just the the appreciation that i have for, for being able to fulfill that role with no experience and not having that bonding of like from the moment you're born and everything it just it's really incredible. And you hear so many stories of where having a step parent in the house is not a good thing. And it just, it's been so great. Mm-hmm. So cheers to stepdad, my dad. Go stepdad.
0: I i feel like I'm always saluting people I don't know. But this thing happened to me the other day when I was picking up Maggie from school. It was yesterday, actually. That made me think I need to salute all of these other parents. So Maggie goes to school for a half day and when I pick her up, there's this small little side lot where all of the preschool parents park because she goes to school like at the elementary school. And I got there early thinking that I was like, oh, I'm super early. Like nobody else is going to be here. And I could go get my kid early or I could like take 10 minutes and just fiddle on my phone or do whatever I darn well, please. Or just sit in silence in my car. I don't know. Like... And I got there, there were like six other parents all parked in their cars, all on their phones, just like doing the, you know, when someone's staring at their phone and all you can see moving is their thumb and they're just like doing the scroll. And I was like, you know what? Hats off to you, fellow parents, for taking five minutes to yourself. Because sometimes it's hard, like even in those like little ways, it's hard to do that without feeling guilty. Obviously, I don't know how they were all feeling, but I it made me feel better that they were all like taking two minutes for themselves, um, and it was funny because one person got out of their car and then we all did. It was sort of like this unspoken, like, oh, I guess we're all gonna go now. Come on, we have to pick them up at eleven fifteen, and it's eleven <laughs> twelve. I suppose we should go. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, but I I think it's just one of those everyday things where people were taking time for themselves, which I don't think people do often enough as parents. And I think it's hard to do sometimes. So hats off to them. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming and chatting with me. This was really, really lovely to get to hear a little bit more about your parenting journey. Cold Brew Salute is independently produced by me, the host, Katie Miller. You can find out more information about today's guest, a full transcript, and much more at coldbrewsalute.com. You can also follow me on Instagram, which is at misses.katie.miller, where I post writing, quick and quirky videos, photographs, and whatever else I fancy. If you liked this episode, don't forget to rate it, leave a review, and subscribe. And if you didn't, well, be nice. Please, and thank you. Okay. That's all for now. Catch you next time, friends.